Welcome and thanks for listening to Texas Tech Health Check from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. I'm your host, Melissa Whitfield. We want you to get healthy and stay healthy with help from evidence-based advice from our physicians, healthcare providers, and researchers. Did you know that someone who is severely bleeding could bleed to death in as little as five minutes? Do you have the skills necessary to stop the bleed in case of an emergency? Here to talk to us about how to stop the bleed is Dr. Brittany Bankhead, a trauma surgeon at Texas Tech Physicians and assistant professor of surgery at the TTUHSC School of Medicine. Welcome to our podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your expertise, and what you do at the Health Sciences Center? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so my name is Brittany Bankhead. I am a trauma surgeon here at the University Medical Center. I'm also a ICU intensivist, and I am an assistant professor for Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. Well, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. It's National Stop the Bleed Month. Why do we need awareness around serious bleeding? Yeah, it's a really, really important topic. It's obviously very close to my heart. As trauma surgeons, we see bleeding every day on varying levels, and the really, really hard part about seeing bleeding that comes into the ER and then eventually into our operating room is that a lot of times what we see is so far removed from when the event happened. So there's a lot of time that transpires between when this thing that caused bleeding happens until we can actually get them in our hands and fix them and take care of them. And bleeding doesn't like time. A lot of bleeding happens during a very short amount of time. And so People, I think, don't realize the impact that they can have if they know how to stop that bleeding. And so that's exactly what this campaign is aimed at, is giving people the tools and empowering them to be able to know how to effectively stop a bleed. Well, what can we do to stop the bleed? Is there something that we can do? Or if we call 911, is it something that they can talk us through? Yeah, so that's part of your algorithm in Stop the Bleed is calling for help, calling 911. That's absolutely essential, just like you would if you found someone without a pulse and you were going to be doing CPR. That's absolutely part of the algorithm. But what's important to do and to know is that sometimes you can't always call 911, right? In some of these mass casualty situations or if you're in a place that doesn't have really good reception for a cell phone on the side of the road, you may not always have that luxury. So knowing how to use a tourniquet, knowing how to use your own finger in order to effectively stop the bleed is really, really important. And that's what we try to teach in this course is not only how to stop bleeding, but how to recognize life-threatening bleeding. You would think, you know, based on what you see in the movies and what you've seen on the news that you'll just know, but sometimes it's hard when your adrenaline's rushing and it's happening right in front of you to be able to discern that life-threatening bleeding versus We'll just wait for EMS. So what can we do to help? Yep. So the most important thing, I think, is to sign up for a Stop the Bleed class because that will really give you all the tools you need in terms of learning about the ins and outs of bleeding. And there's a few nuances to know. It's not just stick a finger on the the bleed and make it stop. Sometimes that is less effective than you think, especially whenever it's a really bad bleed. And so sometimes we use something called a tourniquet, which you may or may not be familiar with. And if you have, you've probably seen it on TV, maybe with 
a military movie or something. That is a very special type of combat tourniquet that you put on a limb, so either arms or legs, and you tighten it down and then you cinch it with something called a windlass and you get all the blood flow to stop to that limb. And it's really painful for the person. And so you have to know that what you're doing is helping them, even though the person's going to be screaming at you that it hurts, um, that it's, it's really important to know how to use so that you know that you're doing it right. Cause it is scary when the person's yelling at you that this doesn't feel good <laughs> and you need to remind them that it's what they need to do to save a life. Where can we sign up for these Stop the Bleed classes? Are they online? Are they in person? Yeah. So during the pandemic, like most things, we figured out that there was a way to do a hybrid approach. So most courses are still going to be in person, but there is an option to do the didactic portion or the part where you learn online and then to do the practical portion where you've got your hands on the models and then your hands on the tourniquets and your hands and wounds in person. So there's there's both options. Yes. Well, other than living in a bubble, what can you recommend that we do to avoid a trip to the ER this summer? And can you be specific for adults and for children? Oh, yeah. That is <laughs> something that my kids know all too well. They, they don't get to do very many fun things <laughs> because their mom is a trauma surgeon and their dad's an ER doctor. So we see it all. And I think something that is really frustrating to us in healthcare is how preventable so many tragedies really are. And if the tragedy isn't preventable, then at least the the sequelae of that tragedy are or how bad that tragedy was could have been less with just a few preventative things. So for adults and for kids, wearing a seatbelt every single time you get in the car, making it a habit, nobody moves in that car until you get that seatbelt on is really, really important. It takes two seconds to do and it's one click and it can really mean the difference between you know, opening your eyes after the accident in the seat you started in or being thrown 100 feet outside the car into oncoming traffic. And restrained or unrestrained is really the first question that the trauma team asks once you get into the trauma bay to help us know how extensive your injuries might be. So that is the number one and most important, I think, thing to do. Also, over the summer, being sure not to let your guard down when you get around water. Everyone likes to have a good time around water. You're having fun. Your family's relaxing. But waterways and lakes can be just as dangerous as highways. And you want to make sure that you're not operating water vehicles intoxicated or finding yourself as a passenger to one. Another thing to remember is that whatever side you stand on the political agenda of gun control, guns are still designed to kill no matter how you, how you look at them. And so you need to make sure they're out of reach of children at all times and that all of them are stored and locked appropriately in order to avoid deadly injury. Another thing for adults to remember is that burns come in many forms. And so bonfires, campfires, those are the conventional type of burns that you think about. But you do need to remember that grills and household chemicals and electrical malfunctions and stray wires, those can all cause really bad burns as well. For kiddos, I think one of the most important things is when they're on their bikes and their scooters and anything with wheels. And honestly, we see a lot of golf cart injuries too here locally. Putting a helmet on your kiddos anytime they get on something with wheels is really, really important. And seeing the difference in how those children do, if you could see it with your eyes like we do, you would you would do the same. Drowning, drownings are 
devastating as well. They happen in the blink of an eye. Pool covers and gates only work when they're secured. And the American Academy of Pediatrics really recommends a water watcher, even in the presence of a lifeguard, um, and to start swim lessons starting at age one. So keeping a really close eye on little ones and getting them swim lessons early is really important. And then I think another thing that we maybe underestimate is how far those little hands can reach. I know with my own toddler, I just don't ever realize how far she can actually reach. And so not underestimating the ability of them to reach farther than you expected. So things like knives when you were cooking dinner or hot coffee or boiling water for soup, animals that may not be well-trained, avoiding your kids being anywhere close to them, and especially little ones, will really help mitigate a lot of those tragedies over the summer. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I think any trauma surgeon you would ask, if they, if anyone will give us a platform, we will always ask for blood donation, <laughs> especially in something like Stop the Bleed Month. Bleeding happens, and it's great if we can learn to control it as a population and then get them to a trauma center, stop that bleeding. But then that blood has to be replaced in order for you or your loved one to continue living. And so donating blood is another way to save a life. And you never know when it's you or your loved one who will be the one who needs it. So I would strongly ask that everyone consider donating blood and doing it regularly. Well, thank you for coming to our podcast and talking to us about Stopping the Bleed. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Texas Tech Health Check. Make sure to subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts so you won't miss our next episode. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Always seek immediate medical advice from your physician or healthcare provider for questions regarding your health or medical condition. Texas Tech Health Check is brought to you by Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center and produced by Tierra Castillo, Susana Cisneros, and me, Melissa Whitfield. <laughs>